0: Hi everyone and welcome to episode 55 of the Effective Teaching Podcast. I'm your host Dan Jackson and today we're going to be talking all about worked examples. Now if you want to access the video, the show notes, etc. for this episode, you can head over to teacherspd.net slash 55 to access anything that relates to this episode that's mentioned throughout the podcast. Today we're talking about worked examples, but I think worked examples really starts with the idea of actually providing exemplars, so showing students a a proper completed example at the beginning, because it helps them to know where they're going with what they're about to get asked to do, right? And so what I have is in episode three, there's actually a whole episode about exemplars, and I think that this is the first step for using worked examples with your students, because What it does is it shows kids where they're going. It shows them what the quality of the work is meant to look like and therefore helps them to get motivated. It helps to make sure that they're actually on uh, track towards achieving what they've set out to achieve. After you show completed examples, you then want to go through the worked examples with your class. And so here you're working through the whole thing with the class and showing them the process. So this is particularly easy for math, right? You think about math, often teachers would go through and show kids how to solve a problem, so kids show you how to, you know, multiply fractions for example, and then you would do that as a whole class on the board. And so I would say that you can do this for any subject, for any task to show them what it looks like. It doesn't have to be on the board. It could be slides, it could be images, it could be you actually physically demonstrating stuff to your students. But you can do this for just about anything. Uh, And the idea here is that you are going to focus on the process and not just on the end result because you're trying to actually teach kids the process of how to work out and get to the solution and it's that process that is actually more important than the solution that they come up with. Not that you'd completely ditch the solution. The next thing you want to do is actually provide some partially worked examples to your students. and so. Here, what you would do is you would give them something that is essentially half done. So maybe some sentence starters if you're looking at primary school or even for high school students who are struggling with literacy, you give them the sentence starters to get them going. You might provide them the first paragraph of a big essay that they have to write or even giving them templates might work into this as well where you have multiple different sentence starters to help get them started and so that they know where they're going with what they're doing. And so here, that whole partially worked example or it might even be that you walk through half an example on the board and then you stop and you get the students to complete the rest of it or you go through half of what you were showing them before and you stop and you get the students to complete the rest of it and so you're giving them a half completed task so that they can then do the next bit themselves or maybe you're going to show them the last bit and they're just going to do the first bit to get started once they've done that The next thing I want to encourage you to do is actually get them to do stuff in pairs or in a small collaborative group where you're giving them the questions or the task and they are going to work on it together, Uh, but there's nothing here that's complete. You might still give them a template or something, but the idea here is that you're giving them a brand new question or a brand new task, but it's essentially the same, it's in the same content area, it's in the same subject, it's applying it to the same kind of question. So it's very similar to the examples you've worked through with them. And now, the students are going to work together, and so they still have each other to bounce stuff off, to help each other out, to make sure they go through the process correctly. And so that's the idea of that collaborative aspect. Once they've done that, then you think about doing some individual work. And so here the student is going to work on their own to do a new task that is, again, very similar. So. Uh, You have been working on writing an essay and showing them how to do that and now you're going to say, okay, here's the essay question, go and write an essay. A very similar essay question to the one that you worked through with the class and did partial examples and stuff with. Or maybe uh, you've been working on how to do research and so you're going to get them to do research on a very similar or the same topic and take it a bit further. Or maybe you have been working on teaching them how to kick a ball and so now you're actually going to get them to kick balls on their own and to check their own technique, to check that they're accurate, etc. on their own. Now, if you want to take it a step further, one thing that I really like to promote with my students is the idea of the transfer of learning. And this is basically about finding the essentials to the task and allowing that to be transferred into another context. So, for example, you might be writing essays, but now you're actually going to get them to write a persuasive email to their boss complaining about the fact that they're being underpaid. And so they have to put together an email that is basically following the same essay type structure but is persuasive to get that money. Or maybe uh, they've been doing research on a similar topic, now you're gonna give them a new topic to do research on. It can still be in your content area, it can still be related, but you're just gonna get them, you know, if you're doing PDH, for example, on sport, maybe you've been doing some research into soccer and now you're gonna get them to do research into basketball. And so still doing the same kind of things, finding the rules maybe, finding out how to modify those rules, what examples exist around the place, what are the different types of pathways for coaches. There's all kinds of stuff you can look at. But you're actually getting them to do research now on their own, but in a different area. It's not similar or the same to what you've just done with them. Uh, You could even do this with kicking. In PE, I'm a PE teacher, teaching kids how to kick. It's one thing to kick balls off the ground. And so now I might actually get them to See if they can kick balls out of their hand and what bits still apply to that and pulling out the essentials about where the ball strikes your foot, the kind of swing through, your follow through, etc. The the weight that you put on your non-kicking foot, etc. And another example is if they have been working on a specific map, for example, maybe they're doing geography, they've been going through looking at the same map but doing similar task, but with different you know, locations or something on that map. Maybe now you're gonna switch, and you're gonna switch from looking at a road map, and now you're gonna actually look at a terrain map and have the kids do it on a completely different area. Or maybe you're gonna switch from looking at New South Wales to looking at California. And so you're doing a big switch in terms of what the map is looking at or the type of map, but they're still looking at the same skills of how to read a map, how to locate items within a map, et cetera. And so you're essentially finding those essential things that can transfer between uh, the topics or the content and you're finding that essential skills and those things that are really key to learning. So I want you to give it a go this week. I want you to provide an exemplar for your students and if you're not sure about how to do that, go and listen to episode three at teacherspd.net slash three. Work through an example with your class, then get them to go through a partially worked example as a class and then get them to work in pairs or in small groups doing their own stuff, and then on their own before they actually look at transferring into a new context. Well, I want to finish off today by actually congratulating our winners of the competition that I've been running for a while. So I want to congratulate Jamie and Tyson for winning that competition. They reviewed the podcast, shared it up on Facebook and Instagram, and they are the two winners of a Teachers Pity membership that will give them access to over 50 hours of PD worth over $330. So congratulations guys, I am so thrilled to have you join the Teachers PD membership. If you want to grab the show notes, head over to teacherspd.net slash 55, leave a comment there, tell me what your thoughts are, I would love to hear from you and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any of the episodes and make sure that you leave a review so that other people will find the podcast easier and can also benefit from what's going on here. Finally, if you want more PD, head over to teacherspd.net and register for a free course or grab my 8-page unit evaluation template. You can just go to teacherspd.net, the homepage has free courses and that template there for you. That's an 8-page unit evaluation template because I love to make sure that when I'm evaluating my units, I actually do it at depth and I don't just go, well, did this work and did this not work? What are the new activities, I actually want to evaluate it with some kind of rigor and research behind it. So that's what's in that template. So head over there and make sure you grab that too. Well, until next week, I've tried to keep this one shorter. I noticed that my episodes have been getting a bit longer. So this one's nice and short for you, keeping within the 10 minutes. I will see you next week. Thank you so much.